What's up, everybody? Got a great new episode for you all. We talk NFL draft, take some Twitter questions, and talk Penn State wrestling. Really excited to get back on here. You guys will hear that as I am talking a mile a minute. Um, what can I say? I was excited and had a Red Bull. I will work on that for the future. Uh, we tried to do a video recording of this one. Not sure if that'll work, but you'll hear me talk about it a little bit. Uh, and also, there is a quick Game of Thrones spoiler in the very beginning. If you have not watched, I would advise you skip. Let's get it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of No Names All Game. Today is May 19th. It has been six years since the NFL draft, but we are back. We're ready to talk. Uh, Pat, Game of Thrones just ended. How are you feeling? Um, I mean, I'm sad that it's over. And we, we had this little discussion before the podcast. There, there was no perfect way to end it, but I think I don't understand. I already know people are going to hate it, but like, why? Why is this guy in the world becomes you know, rule of the six kingdoms, <laughs> the, the North becomes its own kingdom over Sa under Sansa, and John goes back to the only place he's ever belonged with Ghost. I mean, yeah, it's, and wait, wait, put, what are you hating about it? I'll, I'll put a spoiler alert in the beginning for, for anyone that's listening to this that hasn't watched, but really, if you haven't watched in real time, you're going to get it spoiled anyway, that's on yeah. you. Uh, I don't take any blame for that. Uh, yeah, it was just, it was anticlimactic. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a 10 year watcher. I just binged it all like before this most recent season. So I don't know if my opinion counts as much, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about Penn State football. We're here to talk about Penn State wrestling. Um, we're here to talk about, shout out Penn State lacrosse. Got a huge win today uh, going to the final four in the NCAA tournament, if that's how it works. And I believe it is, but yeah. shout out to them. Um, let's start with some football. Big news, quick hitters. We'll get into the draft in a little bit. Big news, Tommy Stevens has found a home. What's your, uh, what's your initial take? He's heading to Stark Vegas, rejoining with Joe Moorhead, going to go down to the SEC and play at Mississippi State. I think it's a great fit for him. You'd love to see him back with uh, Joe Mo. You know, we'll miss him. I, I, I wish so badly he could have been successful with Penn State, but I'm happy that he's going to, you know, he ends up in a good program. Yeah, and I mean, they, they obviously were up and coming last year. Um, I don't know their record offhand, but uh, they've definitely improved with Joe Moorhead. And I think, I think the cool thing is, uh, I mean, I don't know if it'll necessarily be handed to him. I think he will. I think he'll have to, you know, quote unquote battle. But obviously their starter graduated. There is an opening, whether it was somebody who was an incumbent or if it is a true battle. I mean, as long as he goes down there and does what we know he can, he's going to be the starter. He's going to play against SEC competition in an offense that he knows and can run well. He's got all the potential in the world to just light it up this season, turn itself into an NFL draft pick. So, yeah, yeah. I think that's a perfect fit for him. Um, one thing I do actually want to talk about when talking about transfers. Um, so Tommy transferred, graduate transfer. He's going to play right away. We've talked about the whole transfer portal and eligibility thing beforehand on this show. Uh, do you see the article I tweeted the other day about uh, Tate Martell? Yeah, I did. Cool. So I want to talk about this a little bit. Uh, I won't diatribe too much, but but we got to get into it. Um, before I start, this is not in any way attack on Tate Martell, Justin Fields, Ohio State, Miami. This is directly at the NCAA. Uh, NCAA, what the fuck is is my question? So the article comes out and says basically Tathan is his full name. People people forget. Tathan Martell uh, says, hey, you know, Ohio State told me that once they brought Fields in, like my best opportunity was to transfer. So, and he even said, he's like, you know, that was a good thing. At least I wasn't lied to. I was able to go explore it. Now, my problem is Fields, Martell, a lot of these other big name 
quarterbacks and, and players that are, are requesting to transfer, they're getting granted immediate eligibility on some sort of waiver. I'll be very honest. I don't know the whole waiver system. Like I don't know exactly what it is, but it's supposed to be for some sort of quote unquote hardship. So these guys are getting their, their grants right away. And we've seen more and more stories come out recently of people that are being denied eligibility to, to play right away in what seems like serious situations. We had one kid who came out and said he was struggling with depression. And they said, well, you didn't tell your school early enough, so we're not going to let you. We had another kid who his mom, or I think it's his mom, is having some serious health problems, but he wants to go play closer to home. They said, the school you want to go to isn't close enough, so you're not allowed to. Like, what is the answer here? Like, you, you can't let big name players transfer because it's good for the sport and then let other kids can't because now the, now the rules apply. Like, how, how do you even begin to fix this? Yeah, I mean, the NCAA is such a joke. And I, I hate to say it because I love college football so much. And I, 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 it's the same way I feel about the NFL. Like, I love the thing. Like, I love NFL football. I love college football. I love college sports so much. But, like, the governing body is just such a joke. It's insane. And it's like, and we, we talked about when, when the Justin Fields uh, decision came out and they said, yes, he's immediate, he's eligible to play immediately. We said, this is going to be a slippery slope. If they let Tate play immediately, because I mean, it, it was pretty clear. Tate was leaving because Fields was coming in. And this article has just confirmed that. And again, no shade on them. Like, good for them. That's whatever. You, you're getting a chance to play. But how can you possibly tell kids that are trying to switch for for good reasons, just because they're not quite the same name value, that they can't do it? Like, I, I think it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's got to be everybody or nobody. Exactly. And I hope we get there soon. Um, and, and we keep saying we'll do a whole, a whole topic on this eventually. Like, I, I don't know what the answer is, because if it's everybody, then it becomes Wild West. If it's nobody, we get these terrible situations where kids are in bad situations that aren't good for them. So I honestly don't know what it is. Um, yeah, I shouldn't say everybody or nobody, but it's got to be, there has to be clear cut rules. Yeah. And the rules just got to apply to everyone. I mean, we sound like some nerds right now talking about the rules, but like it gets, it gets a little ridiculous. And like I said, again, it's one of those where I really don't care about like the on the field thing. And I know it comes across that way. It's like, Oh, you're just pissed because Justin Fields is at Ohio state. And like, no, like if we want to win, we're going to have to beat good quarterbacks regardless of where they are. It has nothing to do with like the individual person, but you feel really bad when you see these kids like, please retweet to help me like uh, appeal to the NCAA. Like, that's just fucking sad. Um, so th to spin that and get out of the the sadness that I just got us into, let's get into a little bit of a happier NCAA story. Uh, NCAA is putting together a committee to figure out how to solve the whole pay the players thing. Have you seen this? I've heard about it. I think they it's can an NCAA. It's a they might be able to start making money like off their names and their likeness. Something like right. that, which is which is incredible for the players and really good for the sport. But let's not forget, most importantly, allows us to play NCAA football on Xbox again, and that is the biggest thing anyone could ask for. That is the most important part of this, man. If they could actually figure that out and give me a chance to play with like the teams that we've missed, give me yeah, like the Saquon Trace. Oh. oh my god, like. Oh. I will buy that game a hundred times over. Like I'll keep that Saquon cover NCAA. I mean, come on. I mean, it won't happen because he didn't win the Heisman. Yeah, it would, be, it would be Baker. But we don't. You know what? Pass is the pass. That's okay. Uh, we'll get a we'll get a Clifford NCAA twenty twenty. That's all. I like it. I like um, it. So that that's really cool. NCAA, you're a fucking mess. Figure your shit out. Get it together. Um, speaking of Saquon, uh, he actually just hosted a uh, youth football camp at Penn State. Did you see that one? I didn't. 
damn, I, I, I feel like uh, I feel like I'm a late night host. Hey, did you guys see this? Did you see this? <laughs> did you hear about this? Uh, yeah, so we hosted a youth camp. Um, I forget what the ages there are, but a bunch of young kids, boys and girls out there playing. Uh, and it was cool because we had a lot of uh, a lot of the players out there. Um, so I think KJ was out there, Miles was out there, Lamont Wade, and they were running like uh, I don't know if it was seven on seven or eleven on eleven, but basically like flag football with the players, like coaching teams of kids. Uh, looked like a really cool event, and it's just. Just another example of Saquon like using his platform for good so early on. Like it just it never ceases to amaze me. Yeah, he's just the coolest fucking guy ever. Uh he's he's the greatest, greatest football player ever, the greatest guy ever, greatest it's guys true. ever. I mean, it's, <laughs> it doesn't stop with him. It's it's incredibly true. Um so all right, so let's jump into the NFL draft. Uh we'll talk about that. I know we're about a month late at this point. That's our style now. Like if you if you listen yeah. to our show, you know how we do it. Um exactly. So we'll talk NFL draft, and then we'll get into some Twitter questions after. Uh, overall, pretty good year for Penn State in the NFL draft. We had six guys drafted for the second year in a row, which is actually our yeah. best two-year run since – when do you think? Um, somewhere between 05 and 09. Since 95-96. Crazy, right? That's like LeVar Arrington era, right? Yeah, yeah. I think 95 was uh, Kiana Carter. Um, is it Kiana or Kajana? I always Kijana. say that. It is Kajana. Yeah. I feel like Kiana sounds cooler. But Kajana Carter, I should know this. I'm a Penn State fan. Right. Uh, yeah, best two-year run since 95, 96, which I think is really cool. Um, kind of goes to the, the same theory that we've been talking about of like, hey, we are in the steps of a process and we are getting closer to being a you know NFL factory, if you will. Right? We've had these years of drought. We've had these years of late rounders. Now we're getting more early rounders, the, yeah. the generational talent in the Saquon. You've got guys going in the second round and on now. Pretty exciting time for Penn State football. Yeah. By the way, actually, I did see during the draft that Nick Saban just passed Joe Pa for most first-round selections of all time. Really? Okay. Yeah. I, that actually surprises me that he hasn't already with how dominant Alabama is. I mean, it seems like every year over the last couple of years, there's been three to five Alabama <laughs> guys in the first round alone. Joe had a lot of first-round draft picks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, especially when you're there for as long as he was, too. I guess it just kind of adds up over time. Yeah. Damn. All right, Nick Saban, shout out, I guess. Um, <laughs> six drafted uh, and six undrafted free agent signed contracts. So we, I, I know some other guys will probably get like invited to camp, try to try to make their way on, but six that have actually already signed contracts. Uh, so let's start at the top and, and go our way through. First guy off the board. Coming in the second round, number 53 overall to the Eagles, it's your boy, Miles Sanders. Thoughts? I mean, I think he's going to be an incredible player. Um, you know, they, they don't really have, like, a great running back, I feel like. And as far as, like, an every down back, he could certainly fill that role. Um, you know, he gets to stay in Pennsylvania. It's huge for him. Uh, the fans are going to welcome him in. It, it's a win. I mean, I hate the Eagles, but it's a win-win for <laughs> Miles yeah, Penn State and for Philadelphia. Yeah, I really like it. Um, the Pennsylvania connection is interesting. You say, like, yeah, he started. It's funny. He started in Pittsburgh. That's where he went to high school. Moves yeah. a little bit east to State College. Now he's moving a little bit further east, going to Philly. So he's just making his way across the state. Exactly. Um, yeah, there was a lot of a lot of talk before the draft that the Eagles were interested in him. Um, they they weren't sure about taking him with the first round pick, but they said if he was there at the second. That was always their plan. Um, I think it's a good fit. Like you said, they don't really have a guy. They did just bring in Jordan Howard from the Bears, um, but he's been, you know, his time at the Bears, you've seen the ups and downs. He's had his flashes, um, but yeah. if they traded him away, obviously they had their own reasons. Um, Ajayas had injury issues. Yep. 
Exactly. I don't even know if a guy's still on the team. He may be a free agent. He might not be. I don't uh, know. Corey Clement was was flash in the pan. Uh, Darren Sproles has got to be retired by now if he's still on the team. He's Either way, if you're taking Miles in the second round, he's obviously part of your future plan. Um, and I'm really excited to see how how they use him because I think that could be a really great fit, especially with a young quarterback like Carson Wentz too. You have you know if he's healthy because obviously they got rid of Foles finally. So if Wentz is healthy, you got a young. Miles Sanders. They've got some good skill positions. They got those tight ends. That's a that's a pretty fun offense to watch. Uh, again, not a really fan by any means, but pretty cool. Yeah, if I, if I didn't hate that team so much, I'd be excited. <laughs> All right, moving on to the third round, number ninety overall to the Dallas Cowboys. Connor McGovern. Thoughts? Um, I have to say, I was surprised that he was the second guy off the board for Penn State. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I was. I, I okay. thought Monty would be taken before him. Yeah, um, yeah, but you know, I I mean, he was he got a lot of hype from draft scouts, and yeah. happy to see him go so high. Yeah, people people were really loving him. They loved his uh, versatility. He can play all the different positions on the line. Uh, he projects as interior. He'll play guard or maybe center. Um, I think it'll end up being guard. Uh, but what I what I love about this one is the Cowboys over the last I don't know maybe four or five years have been notorious for having one of, if not the best offensive line in football. Um, when Zeke, when Zeke broke into the league, like that offensive line was, and sure, Zeke's a really good running back. That offensive line oh. did wonders for him. Um, so I know they've got a couple of guys. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I know they have a couple of guys who are, are getting older, some guys who have been battling injuries. So I think really good landing spot for him to one, learn from those veterans. And then two, potentially kind of find himself a, a home in a starting lineup sooner than later. Um, he was, yeah, where he could probably start off like platooning for guys who need rest or injury. Yep. And then maybe work his way into a, you know, cemented starting spot. Yeah, exactly. Um, something I forgot to mention about Miles. So, Miles, uh, second running back taken off the board. First was Josh Jacobs in, in the first round. Uh, Connor is the fourth offensive guard taken off the board. So, only three ahead of him. One was in the, uh, one was in the first round. And then there was actually a run of guards in the third round. So there's one taken in the first, and then he was the third taken in the third. Um, really pissed me off because the Jets were about two picks away, and we needed offensive linemen. I would have loved to see Connor McGovern on that line. Yeah, and I don't love that kid from Florida that we picked. Yeah, not a not a huge fan. Um, what? Where do? Who did we pick? Oh, I, Florida's the, the defensive end, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, okay, okay, we're getting off topic. Moving on. <laughs> Next off the board in the fourth round, you mentioned Amani, but Amani continued to slide, something we'll talk about in a minute here. Really happy for this guy. Fourth round, 138th overall, joining Miles on the Eagles. It's your boy, Sharif Miller. Yeah, I mean, this one was incredible. He went a little higher than I expected, um, which is awesome. because I, I think Sharif can definitely be an NFL player. Um, he's not huge for the NFL. But you know he'll he'll do his thing out there. He's a quick guy, um, and you know he's going going to his hometown. He's a Philly kid. Yeah, I, I, I think that's the coolest thing. You, you, and I, I mean, you see this a lot. But Sharif is a kid who has talked about a lot of like you know wanting to make it for his family and his hometown to be the example for kids in Philly to show that yes, you can get out, you can make it, and like. That's just awesome. There was a there was a video of him and his grandpa. His grandpa's a diehard Eagles fan. Uh, it was them talking after he got drafted. Man, 
I mean, the waterworks were going. Like it, it was such That's a cool so moment. Cool. Such a cool moment to see that. Uh, he is the 15th D end off the board. Obviously, D end the premier position. A lot of those guys going. Uh, but again, fourth round, a little higher than we we thought he might go. Going to make himself some money with with that draft position. Uh, and yeah. again, I think it's a really good fit. Um, I don't know everything about the Eagles, but I know that their defensive line has been pretty damn good as of late. Chris Long, one of the top D ends in the NFL, just retired. So. There's a spot open. I don't know if Sharif's going to take that right away, but obviously in the rotation, that's one less superstar. Yeah, exactly. So I kind of love that. Um, if you're a if you're a Penn State like Steelers fan right now, you got to be just wanting to kill yourself. You got two of our guys going to Philly yeah. right away. Or if you're a Penn State Giants fan or a Cowboys fan, any of those guys, um, that's got to suck. But Sharif, fourth round to the Eagles, very very happy for him. Moving on, next uh, fifth round which i think this was the most shocking of all of ours um we had we had amani projected anywhere from first to third we had heard a lot of rumors about first round early second yeah. and and he slid fifth round 146 overall to the lions 16th defensive back taken what was your uh, what was your initial reaction um well it, first of all it just seemed like defensive backs weren't coming off the board as fast as they usually do as fast as we all thought they would um and then i think his senior bowl performance really ended up hurting him uh there's a lot of talk about him having tight hips not being a guy who's like your press coverage kind of cornerback and you know it's hard to say that it isn't fair criticism based off what he did at the senior bowl and senior bowl practice but i mean i i was not watching him blow any coverages during games in the season i thought he was superb for penn state um, I think he'll surprise some people, be better than expected. Uh, I think he'll he'll be a starting cornerback in the NFL, I think, in a couple of years. And I, I think he's going to be a solid player. Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of that. I think, I mean, you talk about out kicking your coverage or outperforming your draft position. I mean, he's going to just crush that. Like this, I think, will end up being a steal for them in the fifth round. Um yeah, I mean, you talk. You've talked about the Senior Bowl a lot, and I know, I know he had some struggles there. But I thought he did really well at the combine. I thought he did really, really well in the drills. Um, I, I didn't expect this at all. I, I thought third was his absolute floor, ceiling, whatever, whichever way you want to call it. Um, I, I didn't see this happening, but I'm also kind of not okay with it. But I, I think he will handle it really well. Amani's always kind of come across as a very calm, cool, collected guy, and I think he's going to be one of those that. Kind of uses this as a chip on his shoulder. Says, okay, you know, to the fifth round. Hey, I'm just going to work my ass off in Detroit. Like, what else is there to do in Detroit? He's just going to work his ass off. Um, And I I think he's going to do really, really well. Detroit's Um, up and coming, man. Don't sleep on Detroit. (laughs) Uh, I've never been to Detroit. Sorry. Listening to this and you're from Detroit. Um, But yeah, I think think he's going to do really well there. It's always funny when you see guys that fall. There's some that like, You've heard the stories of some people like keep lists uh, of like the teams that passed on them. And this is more for like, you know, first rounders who dropped to the end of the first round. But I don't think he'll have a list of all the 145 guys who went before him. But maybe with the defensive backs. Maybe with the defensive backs. He's a 16th D back. Uh, I think I think he'll use this as motivation. And and I'm really excited to see what he does in the coming years. Absolutely. Next pick. Sixth round. 197th, probably the best pick in the entire draft. The Ravens, who are now the smartest team in my eyes, take Trace motherfucking Mick Sorley. Let's go. Thoughts? Yes. <laughs> it's, oh, I cannot tell you. I think, 
I might have been more excited than Trace in the moment, which is a bold face lie. Of course, the video, that video, well, you, want to, crying. you want to talk about crying. He was crying. The, <laughs> hug, the hug with his dad. Oh my God. It broke me. I was like, that's fucking beautiful. It was uh, done. But yeah, Trace goes as the 11th quarterback, actually the last quarterback drafted goes to the Ravens. Uh, and I, I love this pick. I really do. I, it, this is what we talked about. Um, I bet my life that he would get drafted. No one took the bet. I was willing to bet anything. Like you could have bet me a dollar and I still would have bet it. No one took my bets. That's okay. Trace goes to the Ravens and, and I love it because I think we have to ask the question now, is Lamar Jackson on the hot seat? I mean, I, I'm not sure if the Ravens know it yet, but they just drafted their franchise quarterback. Absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, Lamar, Lamar, you've shown that you can be an NFL player. You can be an NFL quarterback. Listen, this is a whole other world, buddy. Trace yeah, is coming in. He's taking that role. Like, it's happening. You know, there are football players, then there are, there are winners. <laughs> Trace McSorley is a winner. Listen, right? everyone. There's, there's no two ways around it. The man wins football games. He breaks records. That's what he does. And he's going to go to Baltimore, and he's going to do it again. It's it's incredible. The, the first thing that you hear a ton of people talking about on Twitter, and even in, in the NFL draft, like media coverage is, oh, did they just find their Taysom Hill? No, buddy, your Taysom Hill's already on your team. His name is Lamar Jackson. You just found your quarterback, Trace McSorley. All right? Lamar's going to go do all the other stuff. Um, okay, somewhat jokes aside, because I actually half believe all of that, uh, I, I really like this. I, I mean, you can say what you want about Lamar Jackson, and, and you can, you'll be either right or wrong. He's either going to be a franchise quarterback or he's not. I mean, the jury's still out on him. This is a great spot for Trace to come in and prove his worth. You know, like there is no Joe Flacco there anymore. I don't know who their backup is if they have one outside of Lamar and Trace. I mean, that's that's a great situation. I don't know who their backup is. It's Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, yeah, I think you heard you heard Harbaugh talk about it. Uh, they said they just fell in love with him, um, which again, everyone knew this. This is not so new. this is not news, right? I fell in love with him too. All right. Um, it was that it was that bowl game against Georgia. He threw a fucking dime to Deshaun right Hamilton. I was like, boom, love this kid. This is our guy. Um, but they fell in love with him. They talked. They talked what I what I thought was interesting. They're like, yeah, we're we're you know he's a quarterback first, but when you got a guy like that, we're excited to use him in in all kinds of ways, which. In your head, you think of like the Taysom Hill or even a Tommy Stevens package. And then he said something about like special teams, which I'm thinking, that's your backup quarterback. Why would you put him on special teams? That sounds dumb. He'll show him. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm so fucking happy for Trace. Uh, you, you watch some of the the pictures and the videos from rookie minicamp. And um, I think, I think any quarterback will probably get a little bit more love in those videos just because they're in all of the plays in rookie minicamp. Uh, but I mean, he was the star of that video. Like, Making plays out there, looking good, doing. He just he looks the part, and I'm I'm really excited. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna prove a lot of people wrong. I really he's do. gonna be an NFL Hall of Famer, is what I think. <laughs> Trace, we are very happy for you, bro. champion. Um, oh, this is even worse too. Honestly, if you're a Penn State Steelers fan, you watch Miles go to the Eagles, Sharif go to the Eagles, and Trace go to the Ravens. That's yeah, a tough. tough look. That's not easy for you. Oof. Uh, all right, and last pick, moving to the seventh round, number 243 overall. You called this one, Nick Scott to the L.A. Rams. Yes, man, dude, I was pumped when I saw this. Couldn't happen to a better a guy. Yes. Couldn't happen to a better guy. Um, Nick, you're in L.A. We are based in L.A. Uh, come on the pod anytime you'd like. Um, yeah, he was the – beer. We could have a beer, Nick. Uh, one of my coach. shows. His, yeah. You go to Pat's stand-up shows. He's really yeah. good. <laughs> uh, he was the 21st August 12th. 
I'll be waiting for you. Pat, Pat's still coming with me. I'm, I'm here trying to do business. Pat's still recruiting. Nick Scott, the 21st safety, last safety taken uh, in the seventh round, goes to the Rams. And and I've honestly seen the most coverage of him on Twitter than I have out of any of them. Um, Miles is doing some of like the, the rookie uh, players association stuff. I've seen Sharif and some fun Eagles videos. The Rams are pumping out content for Nick Scott. He's already had a couple like videos of like the team interviews. He had like a, a selfie video in the locker room. They love him. Um, they talk a ton about his leadership, about what he's going to be able to do on special teams, and then eventually sliding into a role as a safety. And he said, th this guy has come across as what a Penn Stater is, just a great guy, great leader cares about the team, cares about the community. Like, couldn't happen to a better guy. So happy for him. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think he's going to surprise some people as a seventh-round pick. Um, I know we say that a lot, but uh, he's he's a really smart, cerebral football player. And I, I know the NFL is a league of freak athletes, but having a high football IQ will take you a very long way. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we saw it this last year when he really stepped into his starting role as a safety. Like, and it, it was like, I don't know why, but even even towards the end of the season when he's when he proved himself and like we were like, Yeah, he's a really good football player, when he would make a play, I'd be like, All right, good for next guy. Like, yeah, he's got this thing figured out. It's like, no, at some point he's just a really good football player. It's not like yeah. it's not, oh, he's doing really well for himself. No, he's just a good football player. Kid's just awesome. Yeah. So shout out to those guys. Uh, Miles, Connor, Sharif, Amani, Trace, and Nick. What I think is really interesting is one pick per round is outside of the first. So we had second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, one in every round. Uh, wouldn't have surprised me if Miles went in the first. I think it's just this running back class again. They're running they're running back strong. Back. They are. Yeah, this running back class wasn't as strong, and, and only you know only Josh Jacobs went uh, in the first round. And I think Miles is going to have a better career than him. So oh, yeah, he's way better. That being said, we look at the undrafted free agents that signed contracts. Um, a couple of – actually, there's only one surprise for me, uh, and that was Ryan Bates, uh, other offensive lineman. Um, I had him I had him pegged anywhere from the fifth to the seventh. Uh, I did not see him going undrafted. I think he's a big physical lineman, has some of the versatility like Connor does. Um, they, they actually project him playing inside, whereas he played a lot of tackle at Penn State. Um, they think he just won't quite translate there. Um, but the Eagles pick him up as an undrafted free agent and think, again, he's going to have a real shot to make an impact. Yeah, I mean, I think it maybe it came down to the fact, you know, Penn State just didn't have a stellar offensive line. Um, and, you know, he played in exterior linemen. The thing about moving him over to interior. Yeah. Unless you're a really high prospect, you know. Yeah, makes sense. People don't pick you to move you. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. So we got uh, Ryan Bates signed by the Eagles, also signed by the Eagles, DeAndre Tompkins uh, as wide receiver slash punt returner. Uh, they're already working him out as that in um, in the, the mini camp. And he, honestly, he he excelled as a punt returner, I think, uh, for Penn State. Maybe excelled yeah. in the right way. But he had some really nice flashes of what he can do there. Um, and, and NFL likes guys like that. Like, even if you're not going to be the go-to wide receiver, if you can be – semi-talented, used in some packages, and then also in the return game, it's a valuable asset. That's a nice little niche you can you know, find your way into a roster with. Yeah, absolutely. So those two guys joined the, uh, what is it, Philadelphia Nittany Lions, now with four yes. Penn Staters in this class alone. That's absurd. Yeah. Absurd. Uh, I think Wisniewski just re-signed with them. Um, there's probably some other Penn Staters on that roster. If I was a good podcast host, I would have looked that up before the show. 
Uh, so those two guys are signed. A couple others, we'll just go through them quick. You see uh, Kevin Givens signed with the 49ers, Koa Farmer with the Raiders, uh, Jonathan Thomas with the Bengals, which I, I thought was really, really cool. Uh, he's a running back who didn't see a ton of touches at Penn State, but always had talent, showed some flashes when he got a chance, and seems like a good guy, so good on you. Uh, and Kyle Vizzi, long snapper with the Falcons, uh, yes. who, was my, who was my pick to to make a roster if he didn't get drafted. Which, of course, a long snapper is not going to get drafted. But I'll take like I'll take like half a pat on the back for that. You That's take, a smart pick. You That's take a full pick. Nick Scott credit because you called that. I'll take the half half pat for Kyle Vizzi. Um, but yeah, twelve guys overall have contracts. Um, this is something I actually do want to look up. Uh, I, just, I couldn't find it all for this episode. Um, but when the contract details do come out, I've always been really intrigued by like how much of a financial difference X amount of picks make. You know, like the, the difference between Josh Jacobs and Miles Sanders, it's going to be not that many picks after, and it's going to be a considerable drop. Like we're talking millions of dollars. It's, first round and, yeah. it's insane when you go first round to, to second and onward. Um, and obviously, you know, your top five, top 10 are all making crazy money. I think Saquon's was like four years, 30 million, something like that. Um, Miles will probably be like four years, five million, six million, seven million, somewhere in that range. Which, again, these these are life changing moments for these kids. You know, they just wouldn't made turn it down. <laughs> wouldn't turn it down, right? They just made millions of dollars for themselves and their families. And I could not be happier for all of them. Um, but that's something that's curious. And I'll, I'll look into eventually. Um, all right. Any closing thoughts on the NFL draft? Anything? Uh, anything else you want to cover? Yeah, I think it's you got to be happy with the way it turned out overall. You know, this was this was not the year of like Penn State's star class, and six kids get picked. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, and I think, like I yeah, said, I of those of those six draftees, I think you've got some some real good opportunity to see these guys have meaningful careers in the NFL. Um, so something we'll yeah. do on something we'll do on maybe the next episode because. Again, I don't have it prepared here, uh, but we'll take a quick look at next year's. Uh, we, we did this last year. We actually looked at you know who might leave early. Uh, I'll have to pull that audio of what we said about like, guys like Miles and, and Connor and Sharif because I think we're all like, eh, probably not. Uh, yeah, so always the optimist. Right, right. So we'll, we'll play that game again uh, with the guys for this year, some of the guys that could leave early, uh, guys like Eter Grossmatos, very likely. Did you see? No. Uh, so in Mel Kuyper's like way too early big uh, draft big board, Eter is number five overall. That's my dog. Let's go. Uh, right? That's amazing. I, yeah, as long I mean, I had to reread it like four times. Like, are, are they sure it wasn't like <laughs> at the end? Like, yeah. No, fifth overall. That's incredible. And I, I, I mean, shit. I think he's gonna be deserving of it. Like, you, you saw the rise that Nick Bosa had with shit half a good year before he sat out for. Uh, surgery, right? Like Eater had Eater's coming off an incredible year. If he does even a portion of that next year, he will yeah, be will. very coveted. Very, and I think he will absolutely. If you look at guys like Cam, you'll look at guys like KJ, uh, Clifford could shock the world and go uh, early. You'll see guys like John Reed, uh, Garrett Taylor. We'll go through all the list. There's, but again, th this is the cycle, right? This is the cycle of every year from here on out. You know, we we look at the last four years of recruiting, this is what you push towards. You push towards building a program that cycles guys out, that guys start going to the NFL, guys leave early to go to the NFL because they're going to get drafted so high that they just can't afford not to. And then you backfill that with more talent, more four stars, more five stars. It's just it's the circle of life, man, circle of college football. And we're getting into that circle. 
you're going to start seeing fewer and fewer, you know, Penn State four-year players. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So let's pivot that into some Twitter questions, some TQs. Uh, we got them kind of all over the place. I'm going to start with one that talks about that a little bit, that, that cycle in the recruiting. So CJ Goon, shout out. Uh, says, seems like the elite prospects we thought would make the 2020 class a top three in the nation are all trending elsewhere. Most concerning is Fleming in our backyard who appears Ohio State bound. Do you agree that a minimum of 10 wins this season will be needed to get positive momentum back? So just to recap a little bit, um, early in this recruiting cycle, there were several top, I don't know, 10, top 15 players in the country overall that were trending towards Penn State. Uh, most notably, Brian Brees, Brian Breezy, I don't know how you say his last name, number one player in the country, uh, defensive end or tackle, just dominant kid on the defensive line. He was linked to Penn State and, and made some visits and thought there was a real good chance to land him. Uh, he has since committed to Clemson. Um, Clemson sure. coming off a dominant a national championship win. Uh, the kid's girlfriend goes to Clemson too, which I'm sure doesn't hurt. Uh, and he's the best player in the country. Defensive line as well. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty good defensive line. How many of their guys just went in the NFL draft? Cleveland Farrell, Dexter Lawrence, both in the first round. It's it's hard to blame, right? I, I don't see that necessarily as a loss. Uh, yeah. Well, it's it's I mean, it's a loss, but I don't see it as a failure on Penn State's part. I see it as a win on Clemson's because they've done the right things. That they've reached for Penn State. Yeah, yeah, but but it shouldn't be, right? And and that's that's the that's sort of the the part of the cycle. I'm gonna have to draw this like life cycle out sometime of like what I picture in my head when I'm talking about yes. it. Um, but that's the part that we we need to be at, where top ten guys in the country are serious contenders, not just like a pipe dream, right? Yeah. Um, and and that's what that's what CJ is getting at here. So Brian Bree said that sucks, but I get it, right? Clemson, I understand. Uh, the other one is Julian Fleming. So he is the top rated wide receiver in in the country. Uh, has been linked to Penn State for quite a while. He's from Pennsylvania. Franklin has always talked about keeping homegrown talent home. Uh, and his girlfriend goes to Penn State. Uh, there are now rumors that they have since broken up, and that is why he is moving his commitment up. Uh, I, listen, I, I put no stock in any of the Twitter rumors. I have no idea. I have no idea what this 17-year-old's relationship romantic status is, and I won't entertain it. That being said, he has moved his commitment up. He's going to be committing, I think it's May 31st, coming up pretty soon here. And all the signs are pointing to Ohio State. Um, that sucks. That that one really does suck because this kid has legitimately been linked to Penn State for a long time, has made many, many visits. Uh, some of those unofficials were probably just to visit his girlfriend and then checked out the Penn State program while he was there. Regardless, that one, if, if he commits to Ohio State, that that's going to hurt. And I'll tell you what, though, you can't blame James Franklin for this kid's girlfriend being horrible. It's not a, you can't control everything. Yeah, I, uh, I, I have a group text with some, some friends that are, uh, that are big Penn State fans. Shout out Alex, Brandon, and Tony, if you're listening. Um, and we, we kind of joked about that. Like, you know, this is, this is, maybe this is a, a snap decision. Maybe, maybe they did break up, and he's, he's pulling up the decision saying, screw it, I'm going to Ohio State. I, again, I have no idea what this kid's romantic life is like. I have no idea what his decision is and why but he. I will wildly speculate. Yeah, fair. Um, the only thing I'll say is this: if if we live in the crazy world that we are describing right now, and that is the only reason he's making this flip, it's a verbal commitment. 
you got you got till February or the early signing period, whenever it is, to actually get him back. And to answer CJ's question, does it take a 10-win season to to swing that momentum? I don't know if there's a number, but listen, yeah, on the field production matters, right? Like that absolutely matters to these top kids. And if that's where we want to be, we want to be recruiting kids who are legitimate five stars. You gotta you gotta win. And you gotta win consistently. And that's what Clemson's been able to do. Like even this kid Fleming, he was linked to Clemson for a little bit. Now it does look like it's Ohio State, Penn State, but you win on the field, good recruiting follows. Yeah, I don't think we need a 10-win season to uh, change momentum here, especially because I think a 10-win season is above the vast majority of people's expectations. Um, I think a 9-win season with a win over either Ohio State or Michigan would go a long way to getting momentum back. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I don't I don't know if it's a dead set number. Like, I don't think it's like if we win – if we win – nine instead of 10 recruits are like, eh, really, really need to see that 10th win. You know, I think Um, a signature win over like an Ohio state or a Michigan would go a long way. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, I I do. And I'm I'm looking up right now because Clemson's Clemson's class. If we talk about recruiting, they are on pace for one of the historic classes, like possibly of all time. Um, I'll come back to it because I can't find it right now, but yeah, I think, I think overall it comes down to the cycle is this. Win on the field enough to get talented kids in. Those talented kids help you win more. You win more, you get more talented kids in. Those talented kids go to the NFL. Kids see that. Kids see that you're winning and people are going to the NFL. It's a vicious cycle, right? It's it. it you got to do all of it, and we're getting close, right? We're we're getting close to having all of that, and I think it's you know those those championships on the field, those signature moments. Yeah, we need them. I mean that that. Big Ten Championship in 2016 was huge. Kids saw that. We're like, wow, Penn State's real deal. And then these last couple of years have been, you know, kind of sub part of that. So, yeah, 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 to answer the question, we need a lot of wins. I don't know what the exact number is. I like your answer of a good season and a signature win. But shit, a Big Ten Championship wouldn't hurt. Um, Okay, real quick. Clemson's current class for 2020. They're the number one class in the country. They have 16 total commits. How many five stars do you think they have? Four. Five. Oh, that is insane. You know, like every year, most classes, like the the top classes have a couple. Last year, Alabama had three. Georgia actually did pull in five. Uh, Texas had two. LSU had three. Oklahoma had three. Michigan had two. Like you don't get five five stars. I guess Georgia did last year, but still, it's insane. So they have five five stars. And ten four stars. This is a turning up to be a historic, historic class. Um, I mean, you look at the kids: Brian Brees, number one defensive tackle, uh, number two defensive tackle, number one quarterback, number two running back, number two corner, number one safety. It just—it's insane what they're building. Uh, this is not a Clemson podcast, but apparently, I'm—I'm I'm really excited by that. Yeah, they're doing some exciting things over there. Yeah, I mean that's why Davo just got fucking ninety million dollar contract. Like, again, winning winning cures a lot, and and that's what we're hoping for. That's why we do the show. We want to see the team win. So, yeah. yes, CJ, we need a lot of wins, and uh, and we're hopeful that that happens. Um, all right, these are just going to be in chronological order on my Twitter. Uh, Jeffrey Walzer Jr., who do you think will be the number two QB 
behind Clifford when the season starts. Uh, so obviously with Tommy transferring, that opens up the QB room. Uh, it was going to be Tommy and then Sean behind him. Uh, Sean is now the incumbent, if you will. Uh, the room looks like this. You've got Sean Clifford, starter. Uh, will Levis is probably the number two right now. Uh, Michael Schuster is is still around. He's a walk-on. Um, came in a couple of years ago. I'm sure he's he's very talented, but I, I don't see him cracking the backup job when you've got Levis, who was recruited scholarship and has been on campus for a year now. Uh, and then you have the two four-stars that came in, uh, Taquan Roberson and Michael Johnson Jr. Um, I, I think for me, the easy answer is Levis, just because he's been there. He knows the playbook. He's gotten the reps. Um, but from the two young kids, from the very limited amount of film that I've watched on them, I really like Michael Johnson Jr., a uh, kid from Oregon. He just plays with a style that I really enjoy, and I'm excited to kind of see what he develops in. Um, I, I have no idea. It's going to be Levis. I have no idea what the other two will bring, but I will say if one of them is going to kind of leapfrog, I feel like now is the time to do it when the room is fairly wide open. Yeah, I don't know anything about any of these guys, but I'm going with Roberson. <laughs> Fair enough. Take one. You got a fan, dude. Take yeah. one. Take one. I don't know how you say it. Um, you're, my, you're my guy. There you go. Winner, winner. Uh, also, Jeffrey Walzer hit us up with a couple of questions, so shout out to you, man. Uh, do you think the NFL should really start to look at holding the NFL draft before free agency hits? Yeah, I like that idea. Yeah? You, get teams, you let them address needs through the draft first, and then, yeah, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, I'm kind of curious. It's uh, it's. I feel like it's one of those chicken and the egg things, though. Like right now, NFL free agency is crazy. We get that big spurn of like huge moves, splashes, signings, and then you kind of restack the draft and do all the mock drafts. Um, if you change it, then I feel like the draft would become a little less intriguing, just because like the mock drafts, like mock drafts wouldn't change as much, right? Like. I'm a big mock draft guy. Like, I don't know, 99% of the world probably isn't. Um, but if you have the draft first, I think it's much more straightforward. Uh, whereas I, I kind of like free agency first. So, yeah, I, I don't see it happening anytime soon. But sure, interesting question. Uh, uh, this one this one is really, really on topic and I think something that we need to address. So, Jeff, thanks for asking it. What summer movies are you guys most excited about? For me, it begins and ends with John Wick Part 3. I wonder if he's seen it already. This was six days ago that he typed this in. Um, I have no idea what movies come out this summer. I did see Endgame, which was amazing. Incredible. Um, but for Jeffrey, my sister actually worked on John Wick 3. So a little, uh, I don't know if that looks like you at all, but there it is. That's <laughs> what we call a fun fact. Yes. Um, let's see. I did, I, did see, I did see Endgame as well. It was really good. Um, I saw Long Shot, which was Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron. Mm. Very good movie. Uh, like very, very funny and also had a, a good like rom-com storyline to it. Definitely more comedy than romantic, but really good movie. Um, and I kind of want to see Pikachu. Uh, that looks pretty cool. Oh, yeah. That looks, looks nice. Yeah, why not? It's Pokemon. It's what we Witty. do. I like Ryan Reynolds, too. You know? Yeah, great. Um, all right, moving on. Kegels Bagels, our guy. Kegels. Uh, Kegel says, weird question. Would you rather have... Penn State beats Michigan or Ohio State a hundred to nothing without a whiteout, or Penn State beats them by one in the whiteout. Um, I'm gonna say a hundred to nothing. Yeah. I only want that to happen once because if it happens too much, then then it's not fun anymore. Yeah, I mean, obviously these are these are extreme circumstances. I think I get yeah, the. We'll talk about 
great. I mean, if we're trying to flip a recruitment, we, we beat Ohio State 100 to nothing. Fleming is ours as far yeah. as I'm concerned. I think everyone is ours if that happens. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the, the core of the question is would you rather blow them out in a non-whiteout or win in a tight game in a whiteout? I mean, the answer is blowout, right? Like, absolutely. Yeah. You'll take that 100 times. I don't want to blow it every year, right? No? Ah, I think you would, though. No, because I I mean, even in the game like that, you know, if you're up by 30, but by the time it gets like the fourth quarter, you're at the bar, you're not really paying attention. I mean, yeah, maybe it gives me a heart attack, but those wins where like you just get like, you can't tell me that punt block win yeah. the most satisfying feeling you've ever had. Block return, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get it. So yes, okay. From uh from an X's and O's, like what do you want to remember? Yeah. You're remembering that punt block. You're not remembering when we beat Michigan by 30. Yeah. I hate when this happens. When we say this even off air, like you come, I I come in ready to defend my point. And then you just come in with logic and facts. And it's like, (laughs) I'm not going to answer for that. Um, (laughs) I I, I would prefer, I I would prefer a blowout in a non whiteout than a narrow win in the whiteout. Um, and I think this is, I think there's a couple different ways you go about this as like, as a like invested in the team. Like, do we just want to win? Yeah, we want to win and we want to win by the most we possibly can. That's good for everything as a fan and a spectator. Yeah. Those like nail biters where you come out, those, yes, those are the moments you remember. Those are the ones that get your blood pumping. Um, and then the, I think the other thing would be like, if I was there live too, like if I was there live, yeah, give me, give me the, uh, give me the instant classic. Give me the 30 for 30. Yeah. Cause if it's a blowout, yeah. I'm leaving the stadium at the third at end of the third quarter. So, all right. I completely flipped my entire position on that one. I'm with Pat. <laughs> uh, Kegel also gives a shout out to Penn state's men's tennis. Apparently made it to the NCAA team tournament. They lost in the second round, but has a player qualified for the individual singles draw. That was six days ago. So I have no idea if that has changed yet. Um, shout out men's tennis. Cool. Way to go boys. Um, oh, this is not a Twitter question, but we do need to address this. So, uh, in the downtime of the off season, uh, sometimes I like to have fun on Twitter. I mess around a little bit. I, I tweet at people, try to get some cool, cool questions and answers. Um, uh, so I tweeted at KJ Hamler and he put me in a body bag. He did. It was bad. It was ugly. Um, you embarrassed me. I, I embarrassed everyone. I think. I, you know, let me take this. Let me take this moment to first, first, first apologize, KJ. I apologize to you. Uh, it was a dumb tweet. I was trying to have some fun. It was a dumb tweet. Uh, Trace, I, I apologize to you because you were part of it. Uh, and the entire Penn State football fan base. My bad. That one's on me. Uh, so it's it's in the offseason. I'm bored. I'm trying to just have some fun. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens t- tweeted out a video of Trace, one I was talking about earlier, and uh, KJ says talking about try him out at DB. He ain't been. He ain't hit a backpedal in five years. Laughing emoji. Laughing emoji. Laughing emoji. So basically saying like giving giving Trace kudos because he's an awesome quarterback and saying, come on, man, he ain't. He, he's not a D back. So I said, hey, hypothetical. Trace lines up to cover you. Ten reps, one on one. How many stops does he get? In my head, the way that this was going was KJ would like. No, KJ would have fun with it and be like, man, he ain't stopping me at all. Or like, oh, he'll get one if he's luckier. Something to the like, something to the effect of of that. And I was I was hoping for that. His reply was, You sound dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. I sounded dumb. I did. And like I, I read it back too. Like I could have worded it so much better. 
I could have said like, does he even stop you once? Like, do you give him a 0.1% chance? Like phrase the question as like, I know it's a ridiculous question, but looking back, I, I came off like very serious. And again, Penn state fan base, it's on me. <laughs> what happened? Yeah. I read that. I was like, damn, am I really part of this podcast? <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's true. It's true. So, uh, yeah. Um, Fuck. Yeah, I gotta plug my computer in because it's about to die. But yeah, it was uh, it was a low point for the career. I'll say that. Um, I also just realized uh, for those of you that are listening, we're also doing our first ever video recording. Hopefully, you guys will see this if it works. Um, but I just realized I had it pinned on your face the whole time. Uh, so at least for my screen record, I'm just gonna have your face, um, not my own. But uh, you know, no, the YouTube video will work anyway too. So yeah, let's keep it that way. Either way, here nor there. Um, Not yeah, that was this whole hour-long thing of just my face, are we? No, 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 no. God, no. Um, okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, KJ Hamler, I sounded dumb. I apologize. You're the man. You have an open invitation to come on the podcast anytime you want. Moving on. Uh, more, more Twitter questions. Let's see here. Moving on, moving on. Uh, this is actually the last one we have. Uh, so Chris, which is Penn State fan 8, says which current PSU football player could play 10 minutes off the bench in the NBA? My money is on Mike Gesicki. Well, Chris, great question. Thank you for writing in. Uh, however, Mike Gesicki is not a current Penn State football player, so you already lost at your own question. You did. But it would have been a good answer. We really appreciate it. I'm just, just kidding. Would have been a great answer. Um, mm -hmm. Current Penn Staters? I might go with KJ Hamler. Kid's just an all-head yeah. all athlete. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think that's a bad answer, and I'm I'm trying to kind of atone for my sins with KJ, so I, I get on board with that one. Um, no, I think he's got it right with Gasicki. I mean, Gasicki was a freak athlete, basketball, volleyball, all of that. I think Friermuth, uh kind of falls into the same same category. Uh, big bodied dude. Um, Zach Kuntz, another tight end. I think he's like six eight, six nine, tall dude. I think he'd be great. Uh, and then Micah. I mean, if you you watch some of the videos from high school. Dude was a freak. Absolutely crushed it. Do you so, play basketball? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I could be making that up, but I'm almost positive. I remember when he was a recruit watching videos of him just dominate kids uh, on the hardwood. So, yeah, I'm going to say my, my answer is Micah Parsons. Like, Micah Parsons is a big-time wrestling fan these days, though. I think he's he lost is. to basketball. Yeah, very true. But if we're talking about who could go out there and like actually ham it up, I think you're, you're talking about just get the most physical freaks you can get. I go with Parsons, Fryer, Muther, Coons. Those are my guys. Good answer. All right, KJ is a great answer. KJ, love you, man. Just come on the show and we can we can hash this out. It'll be fine. Um, I think that's it for our Twitter questions. So we will wrap up this. I've got, segment. I've got a little Twitter interaction I want to talk oh, about. Oh yes, this is right. This is right. Go ahead. Had, uh, Noah Kane had with a fan. Uh, it had to do with the the Justin Fleming uh, sort of flip. I don't know if you'd call it that, but some guy tweets out, you know, uh, about Justin Fleming no longer really committed. We, we can't keep kids in our own backyard. Penn State program is quickly becoming a joke. Oh, that's harsh. It is. And uh, Noah Kane just replied, so go root for Ohio State then. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know what? Yeah, you're right. And I mean, li li listen, pal. Penn State's quickly becoming a joke because we might lose one recruit. Penn State is one of six programs to have nine wins 
in the past three seasons in a row, okay? That puts us up with Clemson, Alabama, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Washington, and Penn State. That's it. There's no Wisconsin. There's no Michigan. There's no Auburn. There's no LSU. There's no Florida State. There's no Miami. It's Penn State in there. And you know the last time Penn State had nine or more wins three seasons in a row? When? Got to go all the way back to 05 to 09. Damn. So quickly becoming a joke, how about the most relevant we've been in a decade? Tell them why you mad. No, I I actually love that. Um, I can go kick rocks. Yeah, yeah. Whoever that guy is, uh, we are no longer friends. We never were friends, but it it is ridiculous. No, no, I I think that's actually a perfect microcosm of the Twitter culture. It's what have you done for me lately? It's I love you when I need you. I hate you when I don't. And it's it's honestly ridiculous. Like we've talked about this a little bit of how like grown ass men go ape shit on kids. Like, dude, he's a seventeen year old kid. Who cares where he goes? And then this is the thing too. Like I will always, always, always go back to this. Again, people care when kids are going out or we don't land kids. Saquon was a Rutgers commit, like a verbal commit. Julian Fleming isn't committed anywhere. You're just pissed off because he might go somewhere else. Saquon was a Rutgers verbal commit. Like if you're not okay with the game and the system and how it all works, just don't comment on it, man. Just don't comment on it. Guys, that's it. It's a cool stat though. I, I like that. I, I did not see that one about uh, only six programs, three years in a row. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, a shout out to Noah Kane, man. Like that that's cool. He's yeah. a incoming freshman, new new on campus, and like, hey, standing up for his team and his 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 I program. I love that. The room. Yeah, very, very cool. Uh okay, so that is it for football. Uh we'll have a lot more up upcoming in the next uh next couple months. Uh as I always say, we'll try to get more regular with these. Probably won't happen, but we'll try. Uh really cool NFL draft stuff. Very happy for Tommy Stevens. Cool to see the Saquon camp. And thank you, as always, to all of our guys that write in for the Twitter questions. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. And pivoting. So a lot happening in the wrestling world since we last spoke. I believe when we left, we were going to go into the U.S. Open. Is that right? That is correct. And this weekend was actually the World Team Trials. Okay, so so we got a lot to talk about. Yeah, so I, I explained briefly. You basically go from the U.S. Open to the World Team Trials to Final X. And then the winner at Final X earns their spot on the world team. Mm-hmm. Um, so U.S. Open, good. We had a good, strong performance uh, at 61 kilograms. Nico Megaludis comes in second. Uh, 65 kilograms. Zane Rutherford comes in second. Uh, 70 kilograms. Jason Nolf comes in third. Um, and then I think up at 92, Bo Nickel wins. Great. Pretty damn good. Yes, I think that was everyone, all the significant placings we had. Um, so then this weekend, World Team Trials, Nico, had, you know, he had a good good tournament, a great showing, had some good wins, but I think he, had, he ended up either coming third or fourth, unfortunately, isn't going to be on the world, you know, in the starting spot for the world team this year. Um, Zane Rutherford had a great tournament, uh, made, makes it to the world team finals and beats Jordan Oliver, a guy he's never beaten. Beats him two matches in a row to cement his spot in Final X against Yanni Diakamahalis, going for a spot on the world team. Damn. It was huge. Uh, Jason Nolf, after competing at 70 kilos, 
uh, at the U.S. Open, actually moved up to 74 for the world oh. team trial. Um, he made the finals, uh, unfortunately dropped the third match of the three of the, the three match final, uh, won't be going to final X, but had, you know, had a really strong showing for his first outing ever at 74 kilos, lost to an all all time great in Isaiah Martinez. And, you know, it, it, it was tough to see him lose, but we're going to be seeing a lot of Jason Nolf in the future at a weight class where the guy there is soon will be on his way out. Okay. Um, then we had, uh, who else did we have? Bo Nickel. Uh, also, we're going to have David Taylor automatically in Final X because he was just world champion. So we'll have him. And then Bo Nickel just dominated. Uh, his when, He had the bye to the finals because he won the U.S. Open. Right. So he had right. in the finals at World Teams. In the first match of the finals, he... Tech falled uh, the kid in under a minute. No way. <laughs> he, he won 10 nothing in like 50 seconds. Jesus. And then the second match was much, much closer. He ended up it went, uh, ended up winning 7-1, to one, I believe. And so Penn State has three guys in Final X, all vying for a spot on the world team. Um, I think you'll definitely – David Taylor is currently – it might be battling an injury – so to worry about there, but if he's healthy, you will 100% be seeing him on the world team and probably as a world champion again. The uh, magic man. Yeah. Oh, the magic man. He he's he yeah he's ready. <laughs> um, Zane's gonna have a very tall order beating Yanni. Uh, he wrestled him really tough in the U.S. Open, but Yanni just seems like he can't lose right now. Uh, he actually just beat the uh, like the 2018 world champion uh, in an exhibition match. Damn, so it's going to be tough. And then Bo also has a very tall order at 92 kilos going up against Jaden Cox, who is coming off a 2018 world championship. Um, he, if anyone in the country has a shot, it is Bo Nickel. But again, it's going to be a tall order. Hey, you got a shot, right? So when is when is the final X uh, championships or whatever? You I call don't them? know when final X is. Um, so I believe there's two. Two events. There's one in Lincoln and there's one in New Jersey down at Rutgers. Um, I I could look it up, but to be honest, I'm I'm not sure of the, the timing of them. And I believe uh, David Taylor and Bo are going to be at Rutgers, and Zane is going to be at Lincoln. I think. Very cool. Awesome, man. Um, love the updates as always. Glad to hear some of our guys are are at least in it, have a shot. Um, and yeah. We'll be- I mean- there's Penn State's never really had a huge presence in the international game. They've had some guys, but this is like you're seeing finally Penn State getting a big presence in international wrestling, and it's exciting. Is it the cycle? Is it the cycle? Is that what I'm talking oh, about? It's cycle, baby. We're bringing it. We're bringing it down. We're bringing it together. All right. Well, I think that's all we've got for this episode. Probably a bit of a quicker episode. Um, haven't we didn't have a ton prepared? But listen, we just wanted to get back on the airwaves. Uh, we've been we've been telling you to do this for a while. Um, <laughs> Things are slowing down a little bit for me at work and life and traveling a lot, doing a lot. So it's been hard to keep up, um, but we are going to try to keep doing more with this. Uh, hopefully this video thing works and you guys see this. <laughs> if not, well, I'll probably cut this part so you won't hear it, uh, but we'll do more of this shit. We'll do some cool video stuff um, as we get back into football uh, with summer practices. Obviously, storylines will emerge. We'll be here for everything you got, um, but really appreciate everything as always. Pat, any last words for the fans? 
Uh, you know, just thanks for tuning in, guys. Really appreciate you listening. All the feedback we get on Twitter is really great. I can't tell you how much I enjoy it. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. That is it for this one. We are.